Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast on Tuesday, the 20th of July, with me, Peter Watson. I'm joined today by Ollie Jones, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi there, Ollie. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, I would just have to open up with a an apology for listeners <laughs> yesterday, because... I mucked up with the introduction, um, and uh, this is Ollie Jones, not Jamie Reynolds, yeah. and it's not <laughs> April. That's the other thing uh, I I failed to. So uh, I'm really sorry about that. Um, but anyway, anyway, it's all right. let's let's smooth over that uh, and then carry on to today, which is Tuesday, the twentieth of July, twenty twenty one. Uh, and say, um, you know, what uh, did what story did you find most interesting uh, today, Ollie? So the story I wanted to choose today was the one about Robinhood um, and the fact that they're chasing this IPO valuation of thirty five billion uh, US dollars. Yeah. With this thirty five percent retail investing share. Yeah. Um, that is to say that they're trying to get basically thirty five percent of this IPO um, raised through retail investors. Mm-hmm. which given that they work in this space, obviously that makes total sense for them in terms of keeping face and saying that actually, you know, they that's what they do as a business. So it makes yeah. sense for them to portion a large chunk for retail investors. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't help but think that that invites a huge amount of volatility. Yeah. Um, you know, and also they've got firsthand experience of how much damage that volatility can do to a company yeah. due to this sort of up and down nature of share prices. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder whether it's, you know, it's, it's quite risky. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that, you know, I sort of thought about was I can't see a situation in which this stock just trends upwards or even stays steady, mm. um, you know, based on how much investment there is going to be from retail investors mm. and how much scrutiny the company's faced over the last year. They've had a brilliant year financially, mm. um, even with these fines. But mm. there's also all of these fines that have come about from various, you know, various offences, and it just invites this volatility. If their share price was to stay the same, it wouldn't kind of make any sense. I think it's either going to drop mm. um, if they face regulation and, you know, starting to introduce steps like, you know, your your perfect solution, like the uh, the trading, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, you know, that is going to probably reduce the numbers of users on their site and on their mm. platform. Mm. And therefore, that's going to heavily hit the stock, mm. um, which if they do face regulation, is likely that stock, once it does drop, will mm-hmm. then steadily trend upwards or, you know, yeah. steady. Yeah. Um, but it's likely to drop before it stabilizes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a company that's obviously doing a really valid thing in terms of trying to get sort of an average person exposed to this world of investing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's an admirable objective, I suppose, trying to mm. bring money, you know, downwards. Mm. Um, but there's so much growth that's happened in such a short space of time that it's led to some pretty questionable choices about how they do their business. Yeah. Um, and about this lack of education for investors and how much, <clears throat> sorry, how much risk they take on themselves when they do yeah. invest based on sort of, you know, poor fundamentals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what was your takeaway on this, Peter? Well, 
Um, I think you made some very good points there. Um, I would say that um, obviously, you know, the, without without a financial model in, and stuff in front of me, I mean, thirty five billion dollars for for this uh, company sounds sounds pretty chunky. Um, but you know, I don't I don't blame them wanting to surf the wave of this whole you know retail investor meme stock thing. Um, you know, you can't blame them for for wanting to to keep keep the party going um i also uh, like you say i mean i do think that there is something admirable about wanting to democratize finance which is what they say they want to do yeah. um but i just think and but i do think that the rate at which they've grown has meant that they have had to do cut corners or maybe not do things quite as um, you know, uh, it, it, quite as much in detail as they they should have done, um, which is which has led which has led to these fines. Um, I have said in the past that um, you know I, I watched Bloomberg uh, when I you know early in the morning um, as a as a little break uh, between doing things in 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 Watson's Daily, and um, you know they 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 do have CEOs in there um, saying various sound bites. Yeah, they 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 put splice them all together and stuff. And the the CEO of of uh, Robin Hood says something along the lines of, um, "I think that investment should be just something people do, like shopping." Um, and I have said, uh, keep saying that I believe that that is wrong um, because I think that if anything, it is similar not to shopping but to gambling. And gambling needs to be re- regulated more. So, I mean, if that is the case, um, you know, I think that there's there's a couple of things that need to happen for Robin Hood to have a, a better and long longer term and more sustainable future. Uh, one of them is regulation. So I, I feel that um, there should be more regulation on this type of investment platform um, yeah, so, so that people you know, to protect people. Uh, and the second thing is education of the investors themselves. And uh, as you referred to, um, my my kind of idea was that every you know, everyone who who trades on there, um, they need to take a, 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 a or go through, well, take a test and go through some slides on whatever product it is that they are wanting to do. So you could have a little course on equities, a little course on derivatives and you go through and it will just be something that you have to do. And then once you do that, it's kind of you're unlocking another level of the game. I mean, if we stay with the sort of gamification theme of of investing, which which basically Robin Hood has been accused of. But anyway, so gamification, you unlock these other levels by doing the going through the um, the tests and stuff, um, I think you need to be able to have to do that at regular intervals uh, as well. By the way, so um, you know, may, uh, but anyway, I think if you do that, that will mean that people who get through that will at least know what the risks are. Then yes, we're all adults and they can make their own. You know, they can make their own decisions. Um, so I think that that's what what needs to be done. Uh, again, as you say with if one were to do something like that it would hugely decimate the numbers of people going on this platform and trading because i think there will be some of them who will have the attention span of a goldfish 
uh, and <laughs> just look at it and go, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, and uh, but then, but so the number of people that actually go through with it and go through to the end because they actually want to trade, that will take them some time. But then once yeah. they do that, then that's fine. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that if you were to impose such such things, um, you would the the share price, you know, because it would be floated by then, the share yeah. price would go down sharply. Because the user base, num- you know, the numbers would just be decimated. But then once that happens, you've then got a user base that is more engaged um, and that is more aware and therefore probably more sustainable as, as time goes on. So, I mean, I think that's what needs to happen, um, but it's not going to be very popular among the actual companies themselves because they're, they're, they're just going to cut off a whole load of people. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it puts less money into the market and it creates less volatility if this does come into play, mm. um, which obviously has its positives and negatives. But I just, I can't help but think, even for Robinhood as a company, it, it makes more sense to do this for their long-term, as you said, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be quite interesting with this training. Um, you know, a lot of the people that I speak to who do retail invest, um, it, a lot of them say, oh yes, I do all this reading, I do all this research. But a lot of the time, you can't help but think, actually, is that just, you know, a load of rubbish? Yeah. Um, when they say reading, when they say reading and research, you say what, where? And they'll yeah. they'll talk about some person on on, you know, some website you've never heard of yeah. uh, and a tip sheet that, you know, and it's just rubbish. They believe the problem is they believe people who don't have a backing or they say yeah. they've got this experience or they say this. And, you know, it's it's bad. And that people base basically all they do is they listen to who they um, they listen to whoever backs up their opinions. They don't yeah. look at the I think often and actually probably because of time constraints as well. They don't bother to with stuff that that says that, you know, it has the opposite case because you just don't have time. Uh, so they go, you know, and you think, oh, well, I think this and then you look something up on Google and you read something that in- agrees with your point of view. So you then use that as your, as your thing. Um, yeah. And so I think it's, yeah, I think anyway, it needs that more needs to be done on this for sure. Yeah. And a bit of a reality check for those people as well, just to say, actually, you know, it's fine if, it, if it's expendable money and you're happy to, you know, happy to invest it and you're feeling confident about that and you've taken on that risk knowingly, mm. then, absolutely no problem with it at all but if it's uneducated and it's money you know if you've taken out loans against the house to mm. you know in this bid to make millions and it yeah. all goes wrong yeah it's uh, it's dangerous definitely and i you know i'd reiterate to anyone out there who is investing or think of investing anyone who says that making money by investing is easy is an absolute liar i mean a complete an utter liar, as are people who say trading is easy, right? I've worked in the industry for a number of years. I have known and worked with some people who are geniuses at what they do, and they find it hard. So, you know, anyone that tells you that is lying. Um, I think avoid anyone who's a YouTuber who has a picture of a, a flash car B, a chunky watch, uh, or C, just a load of gold, gold bars. They yeah. are frauds. 
So please do not, you know, take their advice because they they are not telling you the whole truth. So everyone loses money at some point, don't they? On this, exactly. Even the best investors in the world lose money, and you never know when that's going to happen. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and and this is why, by the way, this is why um, you often hear us or you know people talking about Warren Buffett in 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 sort of reverent tones. I mean, this guy is, I don't know, is he 90s, is he 90s or late 80s, 90s or something? The, the reason why he's a legend is because he has been a great investor for such a long period of time. It is so hard to do. So that's why people give him this kind of godlike status. Um, so, yeah, it is difficult. Anyway, let's move on. So um, the other thing, the other thing um, that I, I think was w- worth talking about today um, was the whole kind of vaccine passport thing. So in the UK, um, obviously, we had Freedom Day uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, I did notice, actually, when I was walking into Guildford's, uh, I say walking, I went through, Guild, drove through, sorry, what am I talking about? Uh, drove through, <laughs> and I saw notice a lot of people, well, I had to, yeah, school pickup, that's what it was. So, um, oh, okay. the, the, um, you know, I noticed lots more people, lots more people in the high street, lots more people um, just around and then last night because um it was my eldest's last so he's leaving primary school and he had a graduating disco right uh yeah (laughs) and so i went i i went to pick him up at about seven o'clock which is clearly very late uh for those and uh and i noticed loads of people going through town um addressed it very skimpily uh going to (laughs) nightclubs so uh you know the nightclubs in guildford have opened so so there you go but anyway sorry uh so getting back into it um yes you're saying that the vaccine passports um, are going to be a legal requirement for the first time in england so clearly this is targeting younger people um and uh, saying uh, anyone who goes into a nightclub from the end of september will have to provide proof they've been double dosed um so you know i've said this all along right is it is that i do i think that it's naive to think that we wouldn't have gone down this route in terms of vaccine passports there will have to have been a way to prove that you have have been vaccinated or you've got I don't know, antibodies, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So I, I always said this. Um, and, you know, the fact is that the government does not have to make it law for you to take the vaccine. But what they can do is is to is to make all the fun stuff much harder to do without without proof. And so I think for any anti-vaxxers out there, their lives are going to be made much more difficult as time goes on because um they won't be able to go out anywhere um everyone wants to go out don't they yes the exactly exactly and this is what i think you know the government will be playing into now look i'm you know i i think that um i think that this is this is bound to happen i think you know in in many ways this is makes it better uh in some ways for um for businesses like pubs and things like that because this is a government directive and so, you know, whoever's standing on the door, if someone comes in and says, well, I, I don't believe in the vaccine, then the you know, bouncer whoever, or whoever it is at the door will say, sorry, but that's the law. Right. And yeah. there's not much you can do to argue that, which is unlike this is different. Right. To the, the mask thing, 
which is which is ambiguous right so um which which i mean i think that would be impossible to for people to police really um because if people are drunk and they go in and they say oh, i can't be you know i'm not going to do that blah, blah blah um then there's not that much you can do whereas with this you could say it's illegal um you can't come in and you know i showed you earlier didn't i that because i've been you know i've been double jabbed uh and yeah. you know you get this kind of um certificate thing on your nhs app not the nhs cove uh, what's it called the, what's the other one the, app. yeah not the one not, that makes sense the, the no one. no no yeah. exactly yeah so um so yeah so that's so you, you know you you have that you walk around with this thing um and uh yeah so so i think that if anything um whoever makes the readers for these uh for these qr codes they're like QR code readers and things um, or, or any kind of technology related to the verification of this stuff. They're yeah. going to do very well, you know, because um, at the moment, I think that people have been doing it on an individual basis. But I think as time goes on and more people get vaccinated, more people are going to arrive at venues at the same time and they're going to want to get in. And you can't necessarily have people going in one by one. So, if there is a way of like mass re you know reading of qr codes or something like that and i don't know whether there are but if there are then i would have thought they will make loads of money whoever that whoever that may be and actually in yeah. france talking about um, you know these vaccine things france has adopted what they call a health pass which is basically the same thing uh they are putting through rushing through a law uh in parliament this week um that will require proof of full vaccination immunity or a recent test um for people who want to go to a bar restaurant shopping center or get on the long distance train and yeah. and there'll be fines and prison and all sorts of things for people who don't comply so i mean all of this is interesting but it also leaves the whole thing because all this data has got to go somewhere um is going to leave us vulnerable to hacking um it's a huge risk isn't it, it not not a risk but it, it's a huge open set of data which if someone yeah. does tap into that somehow it's it's a big breach it it's is not, it's not small scale at all it is and it could be very damaging because this is extremely sensitive information i mean for instance i would have thought you know if you've let's say got an underlying health condition and you don't want certain people to know i mean there's blackmail right there right i mean you know yeah. it's, it's 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 just and it's you know it's bad that that this could happen um so um that means that you you need you know cyber security i mean we were talking about so uh dark trace last last week we were talking mentioning about that um and some of the other um cyber security firms that that, that have done actually quite well over lockdown um because of increased business um but i think that um this theme of, of cybersecurity is going to continue and get more and more important the more data goes to the cloud. Um, and actually, that is the subject of another um, podcast, um, which actually we, I recorded yesterday um, with Richard Neal of, of the Rant Group. He is a specialist in um, cybersecurity. He's a consultant. Uh, and so if you are interested in that theme, um, please listen to the um, podcast immediately 
I don't know, before or after. I can't quite know whether this, but I mean, I recorded it yesterday, so it's before, but anyway, it depends on what order <laughs> you listen to these things in. But anyway, if you could listen to that as well, I think it is, it is a, he provides a very interesting perspective. And I also asked him stuff about uh, what is the dark web like as well. So if you, if you like, if you're interested in that, you should also give it a listen as well. Yes, making notes in the corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I will say I listened to it this morning, and honestly, really, really, really interesting. Um, you know, there's some stuff in there that I did not realise was actually the case. Yeah. Um, that you wouldn't even think of, you know, being the case. So it's really, really worth a really worth a listen. Brilliant. Well, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's that's nice to know. Um, so anyway, so there you go. I mean, I reckon that's 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 it for today. But. Um, Hopefully, I will do a better job of editing today and make sure that we at least get uh, Ollie Jones as the right person. Yes. Uh, and and who knows, maybe I'll even get the date right. So, um, but by the time you've listened, the people have listened to this, they'll know what I've got it right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, might, be, might be all too late. Indeed, indeed. Uh, now, the other thing I just wanted to mention before going is that. Um, as uh, at the moment, um, I am still looking for uh, Watson's daily ambassadors. So people have uh, people, uh, you, you know, have until the end of Sunday to apply. Um, the application form is on our socials, so follow us on on Instagram and things. You'll see the details on our link tree. There's the application form is on there, um, but also. Um, in order to help people and to give people a chance to ask questions, etc., um, I am going to be holding a Zoom call this evening at seven o'clock. Um, I did hold one last Tuesday, uh, but I just thought I'd give uh, people another chance um, to listen to, you know, to, to ask any questions. So um, I'll leave it there. Um, I will say thank you very much indeed, Ollie, uh, for your time. Thank you. No problem. Um, and thank you, as always, to the listeners. I almost said investors there, but no, I said thank you very much uh, indeed for listeners to continuing to support this podcast. Um, and uh, I hope that you have a good day. Many thanks. Bye. See you later, Peter. Bye. Bye.